ball to the foe Add another lead Ball Best ball It's the best y'all ball Ball to the foe Lineups every week Nah Best ball It's the best y'all And I'm in way too many leagues Gotta stop When I play I play for keeps Money Accepting payments not the fee I take the rake on all these pleats Pay the scour Making lineups every hour You draft cowards Well I'll be drafting all the power Welcome to episode 2 of uh, Best Ball Owner's Manual I'm Brad Rays and I'm here with uh, Jeremy Brown What's up? How you doing? Hanging in there man, how are you? Getting older Anyway (laughs) Nice, yeah, true Same here Yeah, anyway uh, Yeah, speaking of uh, Well, making me feel a little old this week Is we gotta talk about the draft So we got a bunch of like, you know 19, 22 year old dudes Oh, I know man Uh, Look at it when these kids were born It's hilarious Yeah, I mean it was like you know 1996 and stuff <laughs> i was like <laughs> yeah i mean i could i could almost be their parent in some of these well soon anyway because i was in college at that time yeah. when these kids were born and i wasn't about to have kids at that time but you no, know, it's possible i could be their dad that's that's freaking me out a little bit we're talking about these players have been watching football my whole life and yeah. yeah it is making me feel old my first kid was born in 1999 so yeah so there you go yeah. almost yeah. old enough to be their papa too in the case of Paris Campbell, he looks like he's my dad. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I know. He's, I can't even grow a beard like that, you know, to this day. Well, no, but I mean, you know, he's he's just a more manly guy than I guess we are. <laughs> I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft today. Uh, I also wanted to make sure that I, first episode, we were in such, such haste to get it out there. I didn't really give Gabe Gearing his proper due for the uh, for the theme song he, he produced for us. And just awesome. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's really well done. Love it. Yeah, I love his work and I'm, I'm glad, I'm, you know, amazed that he, uh, he decided to do something for uh, this show and I really appreciate it. Yep. And I I want to give a shout out to uh, Chris and Adam at Dynasty Owners Manual for uh, you know giving us a little bit of a, a landing spot here to give you some best ball information. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate those guys. Good guys. So, yeah. So moving into the content today, um, let's talk a little bit about the draft um, and how it affects your best ball team. Ordinarily, I think you and me are in agreement that rookies are something we kind of avoid generally Yep. in best balls. I mean, you know, it's it's a redraft format um unless you have somebody who's you know a spectacular player or physical specimen when you get into it like um Saquon Barkley was absolutely um yeah and we're not seeing a lot of that this year we're not seeing any players of that stature so we're gonna have to pick and choose a little bit harder and kind of guess you know um what kind of future they have or you know what their role is going to be in the NFL oh yeah Barkley was you know an ideal situation for drafting a rookie in best ball or in any any league because he went to a situation where they needed a running back. It was pretty much assumed he was going to get volume. There was nobody in his way. And yeah. he was that sort of uh, elite running back that we've been waiting for for a few drafts. And so absolutely, why not take a shot on him? But sure, there were a lot of others in that class that I also loved that I, I wouldn't have been willing to, you know, put a stake in in a, in a play draft best ball situation even right. you know you know like um baker mayfield who ended up panning out and, you know it's just uh most players aren't gonna benefit my rosters and i'm not gonna feel confident enough in picking them yeah i want somebody who's gonna be uh you know rookies generally have a short leash they uh don't know as much as the playbook they're they certainly don't have a chemistry with the rest of the team yep. running backs seem to work out best um as rookies just because it's a, just a more physical job for sure yeah know? it's um, high risk all around but if some of these teams plug those first second third round running back picks in their lineups then that's definitely money you want it 
Right. And and last year, we saw another danger with the uh, rookie running back situation, or just rookie players in general. Entire draft class didn't seem to have any uh, draft capital with, with their own teams. Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we saw, yeah, I mean, we saw uh, Ronald Jones with uh, Tampa Bay just completely uh, disappear. You know, ordinarily a pick that high doesn't... Uh, you know, he merits some consideration. He, he just got sat. Coach got fired. We're trying him again with a different coach. Yeah, yeah, that backfired on a lot of people. He was definitely not worth a pick. So you have to be careful with rookies. Um, really have your list vetted. And landing spot is even bigger for that than, you know, Dynasty Leagues and other formats we play in. Um, you just, you, you can't really afford to take a shot like a risk like that on a rookie. Yeah, so I'm 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 saying like the, the first big edge that can really give people in uh, best balls right now is actually just to avoid the rookies mm-hmm. you know um just ask yourself does this guy have a job <laughs> now, that's the very first question i know it sounds very basic but you know you want to know does this guy have a role on the team does this guy have well frankly a contract to play next year <laughs> Do we know what kind of team he's going to be on? You know, I mean, I think there's some situations out there where we know guys have contracts, but they don't necessarily have a role on their team, especially if it's something that's conducive to fantasy football. You know, and so we're going to expect we're going to need from a, a running back come out of this class really catching the football. And that's going to be the first things I look for in a running back when I'm picking a rookie is, is this guy going to be able to catch him? Are you going to have like an Alfred Kamara situation, an Alvin Kamara situation, or am I going to have more of a, uh, you know, just an absolute dud? You know, because if a guy doesn't catch the ball, he's not giving me those uh, those big plays. Right, and he's not maybe getting on the field as early. I mean, the more skills right. that a uh, running back has, the the greater the chance that they are on the field. So, and that's just why they're so risky. In this year's class, I have no idea. You you know, I don't want to even say until we find out where some of the better, more sought after running backs in this rookie class end up in the NFL. You know, if they're two three deep already going in, well, yeah, no. If they end up in a place that needs a starting running back and they're capable of doing that, well, now then they rise up the board and be, get a shot. But going into this, I there's nobody I really want. You know, <laughs> Wide receiver and running back, uh, even running back at this point, I can't tell you who, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is on everybody's list. He's, He's on everyone's list, and he's probably at the top of most of the running back rankings. And yeah, but what happens if he doesn't start right away? What happens if he doesn't, you know, get a gig where he's getting any volume? Then, you know, again, you burned your pick. Yeah. And if, like a guy's not going to get 20 carries a game or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, see 15 catches or see 15 uh, passes a game. You know, they're not going to have enough volume there to uh, build anything off of. Right. You know, and, and I know there's, I don't know how high right now Tariq Cohn is being drafted, his ADP, but that's a guy I want, even given the limited touches. I talk about him all the time because he's targeted like a wide receiver and so he's going to give you oh, these yeah. games where he goes off you know in best ball he's just a hero he's going to go off and crush it i take other backs like that too like you pointed out earlier that are getting that are in the screen game that are getting passes even if you know on third down because they're capable of an explosive play and they get two of those in a game and you know they scored enough to be in your lineup that week yeah and we're talking best ball here so a riskier player like that is actually to our benefit mm-hmm. we're not looking for a guy who's just getting 20 carries up the middle right and plant on because he's just going to be too reliant on touchdowns for uh for us to count on fantasy points we want somebody who's going to put up some yardage get that extra half point for the kick uh for the catch i know a half point ppr is really not that big a deal but it's something to consider especially when you're getting into the mid part of the draft you're looking at seventh through you know 12th round guys there's a lot of separation there guys that don't run the ball well or guys who only you know run the ball (laughs) Yeah, and yeah. It, you know it's key to keep our fingers on the pulse of this. First, the NFL draft is next begins next Thursday. Um, some of the right. running backs are going to go. The good ones Thursday, Friday. You know, uh, I've heard there's not a first round 
talent at the running back position in this draft. I doubt that we go 32 picks without a single running back off the board, but you know maybe maybe that does happen. But certainly on day two, a lot of these guys are going to come off the board, and we're going to follow them from the point they're drafted to the team they're at, organize them by landing spot, and then figure out as time goes on, training camps and all that, what through this offseason, what they're capable of and what the coaches think and all that to kind of have a, a pecking order. And maybe there are a couple of backs that come out of this that are going to be sought after in best balls, especially, you know, best ball 10 with deeper rosters. You might hit a home run by taking a shot on one of these guys later. But the risk that I always see is that people are willing. The thing I, I always see is there's somebody more willing to pay a higher price for the rookies than I am. And I generally don't have that many of them um, in my dynasty leagues. Yes. But just, you know, in the season long stuff, someone else will love a player and, and they'll pay for him before I will. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Um, We're seeing a lot of Josh Jacobs people just kind of jumping the gun and picking him like fifth and sixth round and uh, oh, really? on draft. Yeah, he's moving way up there. Wow. Um, they're, they're really pretty certain he's going to go to a team that needs him now and he's going to be the starter on that team because that's where you get, you're still getting starters yeah. in the sixth round that can contribute yeah, to your I mean, basketball that's, that's what bothers me because I usually don't want to take the, the rookie running backs until uh, you start hitting uh, backups. Right. Yeah. You know, you know when I see uh, Edo Smith there, then I'm starting, yeah. oh, yeah, maybe, maybe the rookies are starting to come. Yeah, that alone makes Josh Jacobs look more appealing, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Edo Smith. You know, like, but you know, just you, you start hitting that, uh, you know, that that round of backups a little bit, uh, you know, it's like it's like hitting a uh, oil. You know, you get you go a little bit deeper, maybe you'll find somebody a little bit, you know, it fits your role a little bit better. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're not really that high on taking some these players, but let's talk about them anyway. Yeah, let's let's, that's what I that's what I like to say. Let's ah, kinda, let's do it anyway. We've kind of uh, talked a little bit here about Josh Jacobs. I mean, we have a couple of uh, Alabama running backs to get into uh, mm-hmm. with him and Damian Harris coming out the same year out of the same backfield, which is kind of unusual, but not it's not unprecedented. Or, exactly. Um, you know, with Alabama getting so much talent the way they have, it's like, have you really seen enough of these players to really to get a good evaluation on them? And have they been beaten into the ground? Because we also know Alabama likes to really take four years out of a guy and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and get their money's worth out of them. So, Those uh, players come to the league with a lot of miles. Yeah, so we've seen we've seen that over and over again, especially at the running back position. So, um, yeah, Josh Jacobs, he can he comes with a, the big red flag of not being uh, not having a fast forty even at his pro day. Right. So that's knocking him down a, a rung for me. I know, yeah, forty times not usually the biggest deal, but being able to run like that on your pro day seems to be you know seems to be a little bit, bit of an issue for me. Usually, the pro, mm-hmm. I like to see that pro day number go up if for no other reason than you know somebody nice to them is running the stopwatch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, those times vary, and usually the pro day times, we talked yeah. about this before on another podcast, that those 40 times are skewed definitely faster at their own pro days generally yeah. than they are if they've done the scouting combine too. And yeah, I, I don't know that that's, I'm not a big believer, I know a lot of people aren't, in the 40-yard dash times, you know, other things are definitely more important the 20-yard shuttle, the three-cone, and, you know, for running backs, wide receivers, those things speak to us a little lot more loudly. Um, so I'm not, you know, I don't think that that speed knocked him down a lot, but I'm just, I realize we think Josh, what we think of Josh Jacobs, he can be a good running back, but I still honestly don't like him as well as I like Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, backs that have the production, have done well in a multitude of situations, and, you know, they also, some of them aren't that fast, but I just right. like how they fit NFL teams and who they remind me of and how they could be plugged in as well. And so that just makes me think that I don't want to spend as much on Josh Jacobs because I have all these other guys that I also like more, or even if I like them at the same value, 
I can get them later because people are jumping on Josh Jacobs like he's God's uh, gift to this class. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that uh, you, you kind of go down the list of guys like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, um, Damian Harris, mm-hmm. even getting into like Mike Weber territory. Um, yeah, it seems like the you know, David Montgomery. It seems to be like they, they come off in a, a, a production line. They're you know between five ten, six feet tall, about two hundred and ten, two hundred fifteen pounds. <laughs> yeah, big enough. They're not small. They're compact right. enough. They fit that prototypical running back range you know certainly guys that shanahan likes you know the five nine five ten guy that's like a spark oh, yeah yeah but i think that's also hurting some of the evaluation when you have so many guys that are the exact same body type and yeah. bringing a lot of the same uh gifts to the same table i mean you don't start getting a, a smaller back until devin singletary from uh, florida atlantic and he's five seven yeah he's a little, I, he's, I, he's small yeah he's uh you know i mean there's been some very successful small backs but yeah i mean I'm, they don't seem to get the uh the coach's confidence very early early in in uh especially in their careers yeah five seven's not a deal breaker i mean he's not you know five seven 150 pounds i mean he's five seven right. he's got good you know good mass for his height and but he's he's not super fast at that that size his agility is the big thing that right. stands out on tape for sure uh, his ability to avoid tackles first tackles and you know there's there's a spot for guys like that that can catch the football in the nfl i mean they're just well, yeah, yeah who knows how good he can be though and how high did how high do you draft him? I'm certainly not looking at him in best balls unless, you know, something oh, no, no, crazy no, no, happened. That's well, I was just kind of using him as a, an example of uh, how the body types go, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we have a lot of prototypical running backs coming out this year. And then we have, you know, maybe one or two outliers in terms of physical uh, capability or physical size anyway. So, you know, and yeah, that does correlate to a certain amount of, for me, I'm a short person. I know people don't have as much confidence in, in a short football player. So I do kind of like, you know, that does kind of skew it. And maybe it's just a personal thing with me. But yeah, that does kind of skew information a little bit eh, for me. Because, you know, just like I said, personal experience. Yeah, you can't. That's the thing. I don't have I, every year. I don't talk a whole lot about this. I have mentioned it and I don't put it out there uh, because there are metrics guys that will probably, if they even cared about what I was doing, would take this stuff and come up with an algorithm overnight and have an app out on, you know, iPhone and <laughs> Android. And because I, you know, it's not my forte. But over the years, I came up with a thing that I, I just call a confidence rating. I take a bunch of data on players, you know, running back and wide receiver primarily, mm-hmm. some tight ends too. I mean, I do them, but, uh, and I, I take all kinds of factors, metrics, stuff, you know, scouting combine, no, known things, things that could give them a plus or a minus evaluation. And um, not like a scout. I mean, I take all this data, second secondary research for me. Also, having watched some of them, um, I watch the better ones at least not highlights, but at least a little bit of um, cut-ups on these players and dig into it so that I at least know what I'm, or feel comfortable that I know what I'm doing, comparing them to others in the class. And I come up with a confidence rating. And this year, I don't, I just don't have players at running back that, that stand out. I have a bunch of guys that are all kind of in the same tier and landing spot is always, you know, bumps them up or down anyways at the end. Yeah. But right now, uh, you know, I'll take any of them, I guess. I mean, I like some better than others. Like I just spoke about Devin Singletary. He's got, you know, he's kind of short. You know, there's Travion right. Williams. There's Miles Sanders. Those, Miles Sanders is getting a lot of hype now too. Dave David Montgomery's kind of fallen. He might be a value now, once thought of as the top guy in this class. But, you know, there's Miles Gaskin, Mike Weber, guys that can help teams, Henderson, Anderson, Damian Harris, who people used to love until Josh Jacobs kind of blew him <laughs> out of the water. I still think Harris can be a, a good pro running back. Justice Hill. You know, there's just so many. Travis Homer, he's a guy I like to 
that's right. probably not going to get drafted very highly, and landing spot's going to definitely help a player like him. But he could be one of the better backs. I keep hearing about, what is it, Madison? Uh, what is it, Boise State running back? I, I see him. He, he doesn't look any better to me than a Devin Singletary or any of these other guys. So I'm just saying, like, I have no idea, even with my own personal preference in this confidence rating, who is, you know, who who I like. I mean, it's just right. a, a mashup of guys. And it's a little easier for me to do the wide receivers at the top. But running back, I just don't know. Roll, roll the dice and take a shot, I guess, for now. I'm not going to lie. I just, I couldn't tell you how you should have these guys ranked. Yeah, I'm usually, how I'm handling them, if, if I'm taking them at all. And sometimes I do. I like to have a little bit of fun with it, see if I can guess who they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guess who the best running back was going to be this year, you know. You know, I've taken some, uh, let's see, some Miles Sanders and mm-hmm. you know, some Joshua Jacobs. I grabbed him early. Yeah, the, the confidence isn't really that high, but I do like the uh, potential for a lot of these guys to at least become good backups here in the next couple of years. Yeah. problem is we're dealing with this next season, so yeah, it's not the best running back crew, but once you start getting down to uh, backups, like I said, the r- rookies start looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. So I, I, w- I would really, if you're going to concentrate on rookie running back, see what you can get after round 10. You know, I think in a lot of drafts I've been seeing uh, Miles Sanders just kind of fall. Damian Harris, Devin Singletary has been, you know, dropping a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, hell, like I, I'm such I'm such an Ohio State homer here in uh, Columbus that I've even taken a uh, taken Weber. <laughs> Mike Weber. I do like his hands out of the backfield. I think he can uh, fill a role if he goes to the right team. Hopefully he'll go to like uh, Kansas City. But Yeah, he can catch well. Life. He's super fast. He can catch well. Honestly, watched a lot of Ohio State games because like you, I, you know, I'm a biased, you know, grad, uh, homer, whatever. But I've seen him a lot and, you know, he sometimes can't break that first tackle and, you know, he gets knocked over like shoestring tackles. But I've never seen yeah. Mike Weber get caught from behind. And if it's happened, it certainly doesn't happen very often. Once he gets to top speed, good luck, uh, and yeah, all those sorts of things that the yeah. NFL does with running backs in in the pros, I think he's going to be good because of the hands, because of the speed, and he does have quick feet, he just he goes down a little easily sometimes between the tackles, you know, the, the first level of the defense, but he could be a great pro, he, he's definitely a player that has the, enough talent to do that and be better than the sum of his parts and greater than he was in college, so uh, you being biased, um, that four four seven speed at his size, at his size is no joke, that's a great, a great speed and I mean, yeah, it's consistent it's not just one time he ran that or he trained for he trained to run the 40 yard dash like John Ross did a few years ago the wide receiver I mean this guy that's a legit speed he comes in fast and consistently so yeah and he, like I said he's big enough to be a pro running back so what's not the like he, he's like you know 0.2 seconds faster than Devin Singletary and you know yeah. he's supposedly slow for you know four four seven to four six six. That's really not that slow for Devin Singletary. <laughs> Based on his size, it's not ideal being five seven and lighter. But I, watching him play, I think that I just see this happening every year where many of these players get dinged for something almost like it's double. This player gets dinged doubly, mm. and then this player, that player over here, gets bumped up doubly because of their speed right. or something. I mean, Travis Homer, who really hasn't been talked about enough in my opinion, ran like a hundredth of a second slower in the 40 than Mike Weber he's another guy that's like has all the potential to be a great pro running back but yet Weber and Homer are not guys being talked about in the top pack of running backs in this class and I I honestly think that's kind of a mistake like an yeah oh I definitely think so especially when you consider you know like I said what they bring to the table um you know and and plus how they used at Ohio State we have a coach well used to Urban Meyer before for that and then we have a a newer head coach Ryan Day (laughs) 
um, Ryan Day. Anyway, and, and up there with those two players I just mentioned, you know, Miles Gaskin, who did really well in college. Yeah, and, and I think he's he's going to surprise people too. But there there are so many, and you know, there are people out there talking about, hey, this Alexander Madison who keeps running running up the boards. I'm not saying he's a bad running back, but he runs uh, about the same speed, maybe a little slower than Devin Singletary, who's smaller. But I definitely draft Devin Singletary first because I happen to like the way that that guy plays football, avoids the first tackle. His agility is just screaming out that he needs to be on an NFL roster. I can't really say yeah. that I haven't seen backs like Alexander Mad- Madison in every draft I've ever looked at. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I'm also probably not going this deep down the rabbit hole with uh, running backs, especially on a, on a mm-hmm. format like draft. You know, best ball tens were, you know, yeah, you can get a little more speculative. You know, I would I would look to, like I said, I'm, I'm looking for guys who can catch the ball more than anything. Yep. And hopefully that, that pans out to, in the NFL to getting the right kind of job. But also, you know, you get to the NFL, you go for a guy who's got great hands, but he gets on a team that the coach wants to run block, yep. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. So that, that's that's another uh, you know, that's another uh, trap that can get you too. Stand here, block linebacker. Thank you. Yeah, I drafted you in the second round. To, you know the the block. You know whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I just I just some of these some of the, the things that coaches desire out of players is it's like oh yeah, just put the best guy in for Christ's sakes. The smarter guys time. really the, the smarter guys coaches yeah. are more adaptable. I think just like anything in life, the more adaptable people turn out to be more successful. And you know, you you draft a player and or draft to get players to plug in. That can work once you have a team, um, your team right. set up and your offense click in, and then you draft players and plug them in because somebody because you know the makeup that you need at that one spot and you lost him. Like, you know, the Patriots might try to do with Rob Gronkowski retiring. Probably not likely to replace Rob Gronkowski, but they may be looking for players with similar attributes because they think you know that's worked in the past. I get that, but the, there are rigid coaches out there that insist on just getting a guy to do this one thing. Or like you just pointed out, drafting a player and then expecting them to do an altogether different thing for them in, to get playing time and they're not really using their strengths. That's right. Yeah, that's another thing that really hits t- the tight end prospect very hard too so it's important to know where your tight end goes yeah. the uh if the offensive coordinator does not like to throw the ball to the tight end don't expect the tight end to get the ball enough to are you listening to this adam gase we're watching you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know there's just certain coaches out there who just unfortunately you know see a tight end just as a uh blocker and still will take a guy who's fast and uh, capable of catching the ball kind of yeah. sucks yeah kind of <laughs> it does yeah 100 percent yeah, let's let's move on. We've talked about some uh, some draft picks. I think uh, you know I I will put out like a, like I think my top five draft picks this year. Okay. If you're gonna go with uh, rookies right now, I'm looking at Josh Jacobs. I, I think he's gonna get at, at least an elite opportunity somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about his skill set. I'm not really sold on the guy. I just know he's going to go pretty much first as far as running backs go. Yep. And that's going to buy him some real capital in terms of uh, in terms of at least getting on the field 15 times a game, you know? Yep. And secondly, for me, is actually going to be Miles Sanders. Yeah. I love this kid coming out of Penn State. And once again, I, yeah, I do watch a lot of Big Ten football. Same. But there's also the fact that it, you know, there's also quality football. <laughs> and it's yeah. also pro, you know, it's actually, for me, Big Ten football is a little more like what they do in the pros. Yeah, I mean, when you have a player that like, stands out at that level, like a Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott yeah. in the recent past, those kinds of players, when they when they stand out against that kind of competition, it speaks more loudly, and um, you know you have to listen to it. Then you know over 
players that come from smaller schools where the competition was lower because it, they may be great right. and turn out to be fine because running backs come from small schools like Toledo and Kareem Hunt all the time. I mean, it's not oh, yeah. unheard of to have a great running back come from, you know, a lesser known school. But if you can succeed and exceed expectations in the Big Ten at running back, you're definitely raising eyebrows. Yeah, I think, you know, you're certainly uh, you're certainly being exposed to how football is being played in the NFL. I mean, it's a much more physical game. It's played in colder weather. I think SEC is what I wish the NFL football was like. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, it's a lot more creative. It's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more open. Players are just a little bit faster. It's still warm in November. Yeah. You know, you can still, you know, like you, you can go out to the game and not have to like bundle up in a parka. Yeah. You get a bowl game and it's kind of like playing in your home field or it's certainly not very far away. You're not traveling too far a lot of times. <laughs> no, I'm just picking on them now. But yeah, who wouldn't want to play year round in a climate like that? Right. So anyway, moving on to, uh, let's see, my, my third pick here would be a Devin Singletary. Oh yeah, you know, I, I like. I, it. Yeah, I did get a little, little bit, a uh, little down on him because of his size, but uh, yeah, the talent's really there. I think he can, he can establish himself as a at least a playmaker in the NFL and somebody who's able to uh, bust you a couple of big plays. I think too. Yeah, he's demonstrated yeah. the vision and agility to be a pro back, and certainly. The speed he ran isn't terrible. There are plenty of running backs that have run similar speeds that have been successful because vision and balance and, um, all, you know, things matter a little bit more than taking a tenth of a second off of your 40-yard dash time. Yep. And then um, let's see. Let's move on to uh, David Montgomery. That nice. would be another another player that I would go ahead and pick. And also Damian Harris. So that nice. rounds out my top five of running backs. And that's really the position I'm concentrating on this season in terms of best ball. Now, I know uh, we have two tight ends to talk about from uh, Iowa. Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, um, once again, we're coming out with guy one guy. One guy's six foot five. We're talking about TJ Hawkinson, six five, two forty three. Then we have Noah Fant, who's six four, two thirty two. So we have a very similar body size. We have a lot of the similar talent and a lot of similar abilities. Is there one you like better than the other? I think, well, I like both players. And, you know, I, I realize that Fant is a marvel in, in certain ways. I prefer Hawkinson. And the reason is pretty simple. I expect him to get on the NFL field sooner, earlier, make a difference for an NFL team before Noah Fant. And it's because he is a really good blocking tight end. He's shown that. He's demonstrated it over and over, um, that he has that ability. And through some of the statistics I've seen recently, uh, it's even boosted my confidence in him more. I think it's like, and these, these numbers are rounded. So he has a, a greater than, um, his drop percentage is greater than one every 30 passes. And um, for fan, it's more like one every 10. I'm being generous to him. It's um, pretty disparate between the right. two, the hands. And you wouldn't expect that because... I, I didn't expect that, I should say, because Fan is talked about as this high ceiling, you know, the potential, the athleticism. He's amazing. But yet, you know, really, Hawkinson has done a great job at the position of tight end if you look at results and production. So I, I have to think that an NFL team is going to put him on the field sooner because, and these guys take two, three years a lot of times anyway. Um, I'm in dynasty drafts. I don't even look at him in the first round if I don't have to. Mm. So Hawkinson for me, and I honestly think that I would take Herb Smith over Noah Fant. So I have it Hawkinson, Smith, and Fant right now. That could change. I mean, if Noah Fant, like, did we talk about this? If Noah Fant goes to the Patriots, whichever of those oh, three, yeah. let's say one of those three that I just mentioned, <laughs> that ends up a New England Patriot, I feel like that player is now the tight end one. They're the first overall tight end. So landing spot's definitely going to play a part, but I just don't look at those yeah. guys 
until down the line because I've been burned so many times by trying to forecast tight ends into the pros. I like to get guys that are all, you know, draft them when they're already successful and big time tight ends and not try to project. You know, I know there are people that think they can do a good job of that, but it, you just wait a while, even longer than wide receivers for most tight ends to pan out. Most of these guys don't come in and deliver like George Kittle as a rookie and then yeah. light the world on fire as a sophomore. And, and he was a favorite of mine, but I still had no idea that would happen. I'd, li- I'd be lying well, if yeah. I said I knew that was going to happen. I liked him. I got him in the third and fourth rounds in early drafts. And then as time went on and you know, right before the season started, it was hard to get that guy in the second round of rookie drafts. So, you know, I, I play it close to the vest on those guys, and I'm not getting overly excited. Interestingly, did a draft with my buddies from another podcast, uh, Dynasty Trades HQ, where we're co-owning a dynasty team, and we had three picks in the first round because we in the startup draft we drafted those picks, and we came away with um, A.J. Brown at 103, Hakeem Butler, I think, at 105, and then at 109, we were we had all kinds of players on the board that we could have selected, yeah. and um, Montgomery might have gone right before our pick, and both of my co-hosts were pretty convinced they wanted Noah Fant. Hawkinson, I think, was yeah. still available, and I was I really wanted to take Hawkinson or a different player other than Fant. Uh, ultimately, you know, I was outvoted, and I'm fine. That's a great player to get. I just wasn't wasn't convinced as wasn't as convinced as they were to take Fant at that point. And this is a dynasty league, so it's right, quite different. Right. But it just you know, I just don't know. I I see his potential, but I'm just a little uncertain. Yeah, I it, it's going to come down to landing spot, like you said, especially this year with uh, the Patriots being the assumed landing spot for just about every top tight end prospect there is. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't know what, how much of the, how much of a uh, impact that a rookie's going to make there, but we do know he's probably going to have one or two at least very bankable games for you. Yeah. Um, if and here's another thing about tight end in best ball, like, especially on the draft format, which I do the most. You know, I've had some pretty good luck, and I do say it's kind of luck because I do pick a couple of uh, rookie uh, tight ends, you know, on uh, three uh, tight end sets every once in a while. Oh yeah, I've, okay, sure. You know, and I hit pretty well on Kittle and uh, Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. And you know, and going into it, I did not, uh, I did not expect either player to be that great. But I, I just, I just noticed that and, uh, there's a certain amount of hype that goes along with tight ends that seems to carry over into their uh, early in their career. So if you can get a guy who like Noah Fant or Hawkinson, you may as well take a stab on him now in a in a format that allows you to pick him like in 18. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, you yeah. Know, and use him for like a third or fourth tight end, uh, depending on your format. Yeah, but I'm I'm fine with that just because you know sometimes these rookies do bust out. But it's usually one a year. It's not going to be two, three guys. Yeah, no, no doubt. And like you said, when you get into drafting for value, which you know, yeah. at some point in your draft, after you get all the guys you want and all the guys with the high ADPs, you have to start thinking in terms of value. I don't know why you wouldn't. And right. in that case, what you're saying in three tight end sets, you're probably going to consider those players of value at that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you can get 150 points out of a tight end on uh, on draft, you're in pretty good shape. I mean, that's not a, that's not a, you know, a huge ask from somebody who's probably going to see 60, you know, 60 catches, especially if his system, like, uh, you go to a team like uh, the Giants, for instance, where uh, the quarterback just leans on his tight end. You know, I, that's one of the things I think I, I picked uh, picked up with Engram a couple of years ago. That Eli was just going to lean on him no matter what, you know, <laughs> because the ball wasn't going that far anyway. Exactly. Yeah, Eli's man, he's a mess. He used to make wide receivers, and now I feel like he breaks them. Well, I mean, he just can't, you know, get get the most out of them anymore. And uh, he's washed up. Yeah, of course he's washed up, but uh, some reason, and he's really got ownership of a. Uh, the Giants really hooked into him. So. Yeah, it's kind of hard to figure. 
why you know I they're going to draft a quarterback this year. I, you know, all the smoke at the top of this draft. It, if they don't come out of this first round with one of the quarterbacks and the one that they really like, they are definitely nuttier than anyone has ever said. Even if Eli's good for a, a year or two, they're fine with having him. And they're I just don't see why you would hold out and take a chance on not getting a quarterback next year. Or, you know, take a chance on waiting until next year. Um, right. Draft one next year, too. I mean, do it until you get it right. But if they don't take one of the best quarterbacks in this draft in the first round this year, I think they're I think they're nuts. I, I really think that if Dwayne Haskins is there when they draft, that they need to take that player, especially now. He, you know, his his stock seems to have fallen a little bit. Yeah. But, but get a player that you feel like you could turn into a starter in a couple years. By God, I mean... And, and I'm, this comes from the standpoint of playing fantasy football. I really don't care how good the Giants are in general. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And so quarterbacks, you know, you, you made me think of that. Like, is it ever wise to look at quarterbacks in these mostly one quarterback best ball leagues when it comes to rooks? Or do you play in a, any formats where it's more of a super flex best ball where two quarterbacks matter and you might, in the, the end of, say, a best ball 10, want to take a stab at a rookie quarterback like last year? You know, Baker Mayfield would have been worth it end of the season. You know, Lamar Jackson, even Sam Darnold at a point. You know, those rookie quarterbacks became what I'd say is a value because, well, they're starting for teams and scoring points. How do you approach quarterbacks, especially, like I said, in terms of rookies? Well, in terms of rookie quarterbacks, I generally avoid them. I just don't see the upside. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's like, you know, for a guy who's a, you know, a guy who can run a lot. Yeah, you're going to get some, you know, running yardage or probably get some, uh, some, some extra running touchdowns. But I don't think there's a lot of upside there, especially at the end of, uh, you know, 10 and 12 player drafts when you're still, you know, you're still looking at guys like, uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, a a bona fide starter in the NFL. Yeah, proving his decent value in, in fantasy. And, And this is one quarterback. Setup though, right, Brad? You only start one. Yeah, this is one quarterback setup. Now, yeah, two quarterback setups are a different story. But I usually grab. I mean, I'm usually grabbing veterans pretty early with the quarter. So you, you can know? avoid having to feel yeah, uh, I, I, obligated I just, to take a rookie. I, yeah. yeah, I don't like rookie quarterbacks. I I can't remember the last time I picked one. Nice. I mean, you know, I think I may may have picked Baker Mayfield last year in one draft as a goof because I like the Browns. You know, yeah. occasionally, occasionally I pick a player because he's on my favorite team like some kind of a child <laughs> no i i'll tell you what i i still do that here's my thing like if it comes down to a player that i know and like and would want on my roster and then a player that i don't know as well i don't really like or have no vested interest in if it comes down to that i'm taking the player that i like because if i'm gonna yeah. lose it's gonna be with a player i like on my roster damn it <laughs> not somebody else's favorite player but yeah baker yeah, turned yeah. out to be a really good a really good pick for you in that latter uh two-thirds three quarters of the season um yeah he had to have been one of your starters if you're talking about, well, he must have started for you in your best ball lineup several of those games, yeah? Even given that you had a veteran or two on your roster as well? Uh, yeah, I didn't really look at it uh, too much. Um, it, it was not a winning best ball roster by any imagination. Yeah. But not because of Baker Mayfield. I mean, it was no, I, I think I made it pay, paired Baker Mayfield with like Blake Bortles or something horrifying. I mean, Yeah, was Blake, like, like, uh, Blake was I, a mistake last year. Uh, he's I, somebody I, that I, I talked targeted because he was cheap always you know and yeah and he backfired finally it was bound to happen and it finally, he finally did. gets into the playoffs and then he takes a dump like that that's what killed me i mean i yeah i had way too much exposure on blake Bortles, so don't ask me about quarterback all right yeah we can move on to something else <laughs> wide receivers or something 
Yeah, wide receivers are another, uh, another like I said, it's a, it's another one of those uh, positions that's going to be really dependent on things like team chemistry. You know, can this is this guy agile enough? Never mind speed. Um, speed's very overrated for uh, running. I mean, for, for wide receivers. So, yeah, I, I generally don't want a, a rookie wide receiver unless I know that there's a huge need and he's a great, he, he brings something to the table. You know, I think the last rookie wide receiver I hit anything on was uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And that was, that was very late in a draft. I can't recommend grabbing a, a wide receiver, you know, before the 14th round for crying out loud. Yeah, you're not going to see <laughs> an Odell Beckham Jr. rookie year kind of break out with most wide receivers it's it's not common and um, no. even if they become a starter and have success generally there are players that you know wide receivers two twos and threes that are gonna be better and score more points over the season than those rookies um, yeah. yeah so yeah you're right the need on a team the landing spot and it, we, everybody talks about landing spot and i feel like i do it too much too but it, it's just such a huge key to building a, oh, yeah. a winning roster is knowing where those rookies go before you invest in them it's just it's it's well, well, yeah, like it, it comes back to common sense, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, we sit here, we worry about what system a guy plays, you know, and what who his coach was. It's not the team the guy's playing for is not some minor detail. You know, this is this is, a, you know, it's pretty much everything. How does this you're looking for, you know, you're looking at a running back or a wide receiver, or any draft pick. That's a cog that needs to fit into that machine. Yes, sir. Yeah. And if it and if the machine's not going to be built around this particular cog. I mean, especially like a guy like Belichick, he's got roles in mind for his players. He doesn't need somebody to come in and do something he doesn't, you know, that a position he's already got filled, you know, in his mind. So, you know, he, Bill Belichick, if your running back ends up on, on the Patriots, just forget it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and maybe your wide receiver too, because there's a few guys, they have chemistry yeah. with Brady and it works out and the slot wide receiver works out really well for those little darts, but you know, the outside wide receivers don't get enough consistently, enough love from Brady and that offense to be somebody you want, that I want on my team, because I can't rely, I can't trust even if it's a wide receiver one type that they're going to ever, uh, more than a few times, score like a wide receiver one or two, because right, of the way yeah, that I mean. offense changes its script every damn week. And aside from Brady and Gronk and Edelman, you know, for a while there, you couldn't you couldn't even bank on anyone else. And right. even that includes a running back, because was it going to be James White or, hey, ding, 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 now we have Sony Michelle, so... Man, it was yeah. still James White. Yeah, and, it, you know, <laughs> people are hoping that it's not still James White, that, you know, this coming yeah. season, and it's more Sony Michelle. But it, like you said, the risk is just, there are safer bets to make yeah. at that point in the draft that you can... You don't need to take those Patriots players outside right. of those top three that I just mentioned. Well, yeah, I, I do take uh, James White quite a bit because I I've kind of figured out that well, I mean, everybody's he's been a value and well, everybody. he's a better value. He's, you're certainly going to get him later in drafts, but he, he gets a lot of passes from, uh, from Tom Brady. He's got Tom Brady's confidence, and that's everything in that team. And there again, passing running backs in the passing game, right? You can get those guys. Yeah, sure. They they're not great every week, but when they're good, they're good. I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to suffer through a lot of floor games where you know you're zero point zero you know a couple weeks at a time mm -hmm. but you know when they hit you're you're talking about 15 20 point weeks and that's just for like one you know one touchdown or two i, I do like the running backs i do like the running backs that are established in the passing game so that's 100%. always great for best ball yeah i can't so, wait to see where some of these wide receivers go I like uh, quite a few of them. I think the class is better than it's than, than advertised at various times. I like it better than in years past as far as the depth, the number of players available. When I talk about those confidence ratings, there are plenty of players that 
I don't have a lot of confidence in, and there are big name players that I don't, I'm not going to own on my dynasty teams because, and my best ball teams especially, because they're too great of a risk, and other players are going to, other owners are going to draft them well before I'd consider it. And I mean, even in the case of DK Metcalf, who I think is a heck of a specimen at the wide receiver position, first time I saw him, I swear to God, I thought he was a defensive end for Ole Miss. I mean, the guy's just, and, and his dad was a big, what, offensive lineman, a huge, huge man himself. But I see what people project him to be. You know, this, this could be based on the things we know, maybe, you know, a Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones kind of guy. Then again, he could be a Stephen Hill or a John Baldwin kind of guy too. I, yeah. I, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. I doubt he's going to be on either extreme end of that. Probably hard worker. You know, he had some success there in college. I get it. But I don't have the confidence in him that I have in, in Nikhil Harry. In J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, for crying out loud, A.J. Brown, Kelvin Harmon, maybe yeah. even Debo Samuel. Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, players players that I really like and have a, I think have a great shot to be an NFL player. DK Metcalf, I just feel like if you're taking him in the top few picks um, in dynasty leagues, if you're trying to get him in these uh, early best ball leagues, I think that's crazy. I, I feel like that's more of a gambler's sort of um, yeah, move yeah. than a than a savvy, intelligent player move because of the fact that he might. The, the fact that he doesn't give you the confidence that these other players and, and that he doesn't translate as well to the pros as some of these other guys do. Well, he also looked like a, a baby deer on ice skates, you know, <laughs> when it came time to do the three cones. So. Oh, my God. The memes that came out and the, the comparison yeah. to how Tom Brady destroyed him and, well, did yeah, better, well. didn't really destroy. But Tom Brady's scores in, like, the uh, three cone <laughs> and the 20-yard shuttle were better than this athletic specimen of a wide receiver. And that's another thing. They talk about how he's so athletic and, and the measures yeah. that they use to display that athleticism are, you know, that straight ahead speed, which is incredible at six, three plus that he's running four, three, three. I mean, that's amazing that he's able yeah. to run straight ahead that fast. And he's so big and strong. He pushes defensive backs around, but I look at him and I don't see the kind of footwork that a, fa a guy that fast should have. And maybe that's because he's so big. I don't know. Yeah. An expert there, but I just don't see the footwork that I want to see in him off the line or in, in the fact that he can't, he can't seem to bend and turn and swivel the hips and have that agility to play the wide receiver position. Like you pointed out earlier, the straight ahead speed, how many knocks do I put on the four, three, three to bring him right. down to earth because of the negatives in other places? What's his, what, what's his true score after I consider that? And for me, it just doesn't measure up to other wide receivers in the, this class that don't have to rely on only their speed and size. Yeah, and you look at like DK Metcalf. I think uh, I I do think he'll be moderately successful at the uh -huh. uh, NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, because mostly because he's going to be schooled by elite cornerbacks more so than uh you know the backups and the scrubs. I think he's gonna yeah. have a tougher time. He's he's just not. He's gonna be pretty easy to shut down. I mean, his agility right now. When you look at it, I look at a guy who's going to have footworks issues against veteran cornerbacks, even half his size. Oh, for sure. I still like him better than Marquise Brown, Hollywood well, Brown, yeah. for sure. As far as you know, uh, his chance of success, my confidence in him. But that's not saying a lot because I don't have a lot of confidence in Marquise Brown because he's so he's so tiny. Yeah, and yeah. Plus, you know, being being tall for wide receiver, it makes more of a matchup issue. I think that's a, a, a really um, interesting concern. I generally do uh, bump a guy up if he's, you know, 6'3 and taller. That guy gets a little more of attention. I think we've seen that this year, though, yeah. with uh, Metcalf, and we're also seeing it with 
Oh, Nikhil Harry, um, oh, yeah. Hakeem Butler, Calvin Harmon's Hakeem not Butler's short. There's our Sega Whiteside. There's no shortage of tall guys in this draft that can play wide yeah, receiver. So, yeah, so we're seeing, you know, height is uh, kind of plentiful this year. So we're going to see some guys who are probably going to be red zone threats. That's another thing to consider. Yeah, you for know? sure. And then and then you have guys like A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Andy Isabella, a little bit, you know, a little bit shorter. And watch those three guys be three of the more successful out of this class because they have a little bit more of a uh, typical average build yeah. for wide receivers. You know, that sort of around six foot, around 200 pounders. Um, right. Those guys have had a lot of success. A lot of slot wide receivers have had great success as offenses now in the NFL really embrace the slot position. And in the middle, I mean, you see the cornerbacks now. My God, every team's got those uh, slot corners that are as good or better than the outside corners. So those guys ha- definitely have a place in the NFL. But I look at this class and I'm kind of excited because even when we get down to like Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin on my list, I think these guys are going to be, we're going to be looking at them, some of these players, you know, as early as next year in their sophomore seasons, um, more so, you know, than this year, of course, in best ball. Yeah. And just like I said, in general, best ball, wide receivers is not a position I'm looking for. Sure. Um, you know, not rookies. It, just like with yeah. quarterbacks, it's, it's just not one of those positions where it's conducive to a lot of best ball success. Yeah, it's nice to get a bargain. I think that's what people really like about drafting, a, you know, trying to get that big, you know, trying to hit that home run by getting a uh, rookie and hoping that you get, you know, hoping you get Saquon Barkley. Man, last mm-hmm. year, Saquon Barkley was going in the first round. Yeah, you know? that's and it, how late were these drafts occurring? Were you doing these drafts when Barkley was being taken in the first round? Early or right. after the NFL yeah, draft? It'd be right up into the, you know, oh, it was definitely after the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I could see that, you know, people, there was a lot of hype on him. But yeah, I don't know that I would do that, would have done that last year. I think for me is if it's a value later in the draft, I get it. But like with your example of yeah, Jacobs I, going I, in the sixth round already, I can't do that. Yeah, I had like uh, two Saquon Barkley shares last year. And one of them was in a goofball draft. Did you take him in the first? Yeah, you had to, I, right? I, yeah, I, I had to be based on his uh his actual jersey number. <laughs> oh. In that particular draft, so I took him in the first round. But the other, in the other case, did you draft him in the first round on that team too? No, no, I got him in the second. Oh, I, wow. I, I just didn't want to pay first round. Well, I also got him a little bit early. You know, when the uh, rookies first came out last year, um, I honestly loaded up on a lot of Sony Michelle, which wasn't the best idea because. <laughs> I went to- you know, and the page. He, he, I mean, he was fantasy relevant in some in some games, but when you look back, you know, he still only put up like two hundred uh, fantasy points for you, yep. which isn't what you're looking for out of a a guy who thought you thought maybe he could be a bell cow. Then you found out he had bone on bone in the knee. So damn, Jay Ajayi. Well, 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 you never can tell. Well, <laughs> well, well, Sony Michelle. <laughs> I picked a lot of guys last year. It just happened to hit on, you know, whatever. At least you're honest about it. You're not taking it in in absolutes. Like, I was absolutely right. I was absolutely wrong. You're playing it, like, in an intelligent manner. Which means I'm totally wrong for this job. (laughs) No, I don't don't think you are, but I know from Twitter. I know from Twitter and uh, doing the podcast and being in leagues with all these different people that folks will go to their graves with I was writing about this player yeah. kind of tactic and even so much so that on Twitter guys will be make sure they're the first ones eh, that's my guy um, or you yeah, know, whatever right. call it out because they, you can go back to you know uh, January <laughs> of 2019 or maybe they said it when the guy was still in high school you could just keep yeah, going right. back hey, this guy's going to be great and then they put that out there as like look at me look what I did I was right 
Like nobody yeah. else in the world has watched that player play football, and nobody else in the world likes that player. But right. you, you know, you tweeted about him, so great job. I mean, I'm not in it like that either. I want to have the best teams I can have, whether that's best ball or any format. And um, you know, I like you. I'm not going to own um, 70% stock in one player just because no. I, I yeah. went to that college, or I'm convinced they're going to be because that seems like a losing gamble, in my opinion. Like well, it a is, bad yeah. strategy. Yeah. Yeah, gambling with your like nostalgia is the worst idea ever. Mm-hmm. That's why I like and I like. I make sure when I make a pick like that, I tell people too. You know, I'm making this pick because you know of my personal experience or whatever. You know, which matters a ton. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I want to give people useful information, and the only thing we're here to offer really is perspectives on the information we have. I mean, you know, and that's what makes it interesting to listen to. And like you said, nobody look, nobody listens to Stephen Smith. Can't he's remember the last time I listened to that. Yeah, but you get the idea. Here's a guy who can't be right about shit. He doesn't even know yeah. who he's talking about or what he's saying. He's so no. far off base. It's like, dude, get he's... some sleep and concentrate on a different sport than football. But yeah, man, I just, I'm just a color analyst here, Brad. That's it. Inundated with it. Yeah. And, and yeah, honestly, I, I feel like a lot of these guys out there overanalyze stuff. Like oh, the, yeah. the most important key information generally jumps off the page at you and right. they'll just dive in and give a counter argument and spend all this time to just overanalyze something that you already kind of made up your mind about at face value right in the beginning. And you're no yeah. less right or wrong than they are anyway. Yeah, right. But they I mean... spend all that time. Yeah, that's why I, I mean, I've never been that kind of a numbers guy, so. I look at them and there are those that I weigh, you know, more importantly than others and just things, you know, from the past that maybe speak to the success of wide receivers like market share and dominator right. rating. But that stuff is not, doesn't tell a complete picture. Even player comps don't. You know, there, there are so many things you could look at that are just as likely to fail you. You could become more confident with yeah. some of the data, but if you could just be inundated with all that data and it just ruin like a multiple choice test where you you already had the right answer, but then you changed it, and you probably shouldn't have because you yeah, right. had the right answer before. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Like I said, the second episode of uh, Best Ball Owner's Manual. I'm Brad Rays, also known as uh, Mean Mr. Mode on Twitter. And TQE69 will get on the Quant Edge will, uh, is the promo code to use. 30% off our Best Ball package. And uh, uh, I'm the Dynasty Madman. You can find me on Twitter at DFF underscore Madman. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the rookie draft, everybody. Then the rules run the game needless. Ball, ball to the foe. Add another lead. Best ball, it's the best, y'all. Ball, ball to the foe. Lineups every week. Best ball, it's the best, y'all.